Rock on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. We are on time today, which uh, for those of you who are veterans of this program can only mean one thing. That is either it is a best of show or Merle is remote. That's right. Well, today, Merle just happens to be remote. So, yeah. uh, good morning, Merle. Uh, I, I I hear you have just been handed a cup of coffee. Um, no, the cup of coffee did not happen. So, uh, uh, in our world, between my wife and I, we'll say stuff, and, of course, good friends of ours, too, and I think they're listening, actually, at this moment, is, you know, if you love me, you would do this. And uh, so I got, uh, you know, um, you know, I, before the show, I said, if you loved me, you'd make me a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you loved me, you'd buy me a house on the lake. So that's how that went. So, uh, <laughs> and, and as I'm saying that, my lovely bride grabbed my cup, and she's actually going to make me a cup of coffee. So. Well, he, here, here, yeah, again, I, I'll take par- part of the credit <laughs> for that because, again, we called it out on air. So now the, the coffee has to happen. It must materialize. That's right. So you, you have to guilt them into it. I, and, I love that. It works out beautifully. So and, now we're going to hear the coffee pot. I didn't think about that part, but nonetheless, none, um, we are here. We are remote. And I was thinking to myself, uh, folks, a, a little bit into my world again, if, if uh, you don't know. So uh, um, so I got some Native American in me. And if you look at me, you can sure as heck tell. And in our world, we always called it Indian time as we grew up as kids. So because, you know, we're late for everything. My dad was that way, even though he wasn't. He was the German side of the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my brothers talk about the same thing, and they still tease me about that. And I've gotten a lot better. There were times that my lovely bride and I would go, go for a date, and I'd be an hour and a half late, and all, I was just terrible at it. So now I actually work hard to be on time. So when we come to the show uh, and I'm driving in, if I'm two minutes late, that's remarkably on time for me. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, of course, we, we bring that up all, all in good fun here <laughs> on Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as yeah. well. I, of course, am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. He is Merle Kelch. And Merle, uh, today's one of those days where uh, not only are my, you know, my roles at the station colliding just because I actually get to do an hour of uh, on-air work live with you, which is uh, the best hour of my broadcast week, but it's also because <laughs> the uh, the news, which I, in fact, have just written and uh, posted at WSAU.com is also colliding with this as well. Uh, obviously, uh, if you've been listening this morning, you know we've had uh, a financial advisor in Wausau, or a former financial advisor that is in Wausau, has been sentenced yeah, to yeah. eight years in a federal prison as part of a Ponzi scheme uh, for mishandling client funds. Now, as much as you can, uh, you know, kind of give us a little insight into a, into a story like this, because obviously you see something like this and... Uh, I believe there, uh, you know, we're a reactionary society. You see something like this, and you think, "Wait a minute, is is, is this happening to me?" And I just don't know it right now. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us what kind of questions people, you know, should be asking if they are concerned about something like this. You know, it, it, it's interesting about this because, you know, first of all, uh, for the gentleman that's going to jail, and I'm not going to give him any justice by putting his name out there. And, Folks, we were just talking off air about this. Um, but, you know, the industry that we're in, the securities industry, is probably one of the biggest um, uh, faith and trust organizations, aside from maybe uh, your bank, that there are. I mean, there truly are. And, and just to take that step and to steal money from your clients is just absolutely atrocious to me. But on the other side of that, though, the safeguards that are in place are absolutely astronomical. I mean, we're, we're watched in our industry from every part, every corner, every side, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's good because you get guys like this guy locally. You get a Bernie Madoff. You get uh, you know Epstein, some of the stuff that he was doing. Um, it, it's a trust factor, and you just can't do that. So everybody's watching you. So to be able to just blatantly do that, one is just absolutely amazing to me. But you know, it's 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 trust, and so I guess that's my oh god, I can't believe they're doing this thing. But there are still signs that you can have that make don't make any sense, and you can tell that maybe somebody's grabbing some money from you. And one of them is how often are there fees coming out? So in our industry, if you're having what's called a managed account where um, you're agreeing to pay a fee, and it's generally around 1% plus or minus, the fees usually come out on a quarterly basis. Um, and I'm familiar with some of the statements from this person because I've seen them. Um, and and uh, with it, um, if you're seeing statements or fees that are coming out for uh, management fees, and they're coming out like, you know, once every other month, every two weeks, every three weeks, or multiple times within a quarter, there's a problem because that's just not how it works. And, and that's one of the biggest things. And another thing that's really big to see is, is you know, there's a problem is if you're writing out checks to your advisor. Uh, for example, Bernie Madoff was having people make checks out to the Bernie Madoff securities, which he'd take the checks and he'd simply deposit them inside of his checking account. Then he'd just make up statements. And so all of that stuff is just all, you know, uh, adds to more regulation from our side, but hopefully makes it at least safer um, somewhere along the way. Um, but if you have questions, you talk to another advisor, um, and that's one of the biggest things in the world is in our industry we're supposed to help police each other from bad actors. Um, it just amazes me that this guy was able to do it for so long before somebody said something. It was really, truly amazing to me. Yeah, indeed. And the investigation into this uh, involved a lot of entities as well. We're talking about the FBI uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, as well as uh, some state financial uh, institution watchdogs as yeah. well. So uh, as you mentioned, this uh, this industry is very tightly policed. Not only are you uh, kind of policing yourself, but you're being watched by outside entities as well. So that's... Yeah. Uh, I'm sure something that is designed that way to uh, to help build uh, that trust that you were talking about earlier. Well, to build the trust and to maintain it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going through here in my head, and you know, I'm an advisor certainly in the, in the Wassa area, and we see clients on an ongoing basis. And, and part of that, you'll end up seeing business that other advisors are doing because somebody a client come in and have a question and. You know, get a second opinion. So it's a normalcy in our industry. And I can look at it and, you know, and I could rattle off the names of all the bigger players in the investment arena around the Wasa area, and you can look at it and say, okay, maybe I agree or disagree with something that they're doing from a fundamental standpoint, but I can look at it and tell at least things are where they're supposed to be and you don't have all this extra fees and stuff coming out. And there's some great advisors in the Wasa area, and I'm not saying that that's not the case, but you can look at the stuff and see it. But if somebody came to me and looked at it and I looked at the statement didn't make any sense, you know, I'd be able to check it, but other advisors would be able to check it and see it as well. And somewhere along the way, somebody's going to say something. But, boy, this guy, mm -hmm. he made it a long time before somebody started calling. Indeed. Uh, and I, so, don't even know who, I don't even know who the whistleblower was on his part, by the way. Right. It, yeah, indeed. All we know is uh, the case has been settled at this point again, and uh, it, it is uh, going to be federal prison time uh, for the person in question. Uh, one more thing before we let you go on this topic. Uh, you mentioned getting a second opinion, you know, having somebody look over your statement 
Uh, it that is something that I'm guessing happens on a fairly regular basis, and something that uh, even your current financial advisor, you know, if they start getting a little weird about that, that should maybe be a red flag that something uh, isn't exactly right. Oh, sure, sure. Um, you know, there, there's always there's always a thing. You know, if, if uh, um, I'm trying to put it in a easy term. If a person's nervous about something you ask, in my opinion, there's always usually something wrong. Um, you know, if we have, uh, you know, somebody says, you know, I want to take a look at my counselor, what's happening with this, and bring it in, let's take a look at it, you know, let's help to explain what it is, whatever the case. Um, but I think there's always nervousness, no, you don't need to see that, or something of this nature. Um, I always think there's a, a problem when you start having answers like that. And so I always recommend to people, you know, seek a second opinion, talk to another financial professional and say, you know, do you have an opinion or a thought about this? You know, mistakes are made and mistakes can be fixed, uh, but stealing is usually covered up. Um, and that's one of the biggest ways is the attitude from the advisor. It can tell you if you know, either they're stealing or they're doing something wrong or something of that nature. Um, uh, so I, I always recommend to people, it, there's nothing wrong with seeking a second opinion or a second idea from somebody. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, and I, I know certainly our clients do that, and I, I recommend it if they don't think you know, or have an opinion or don't understand something, seek another financial professional. It's your money, folks. It's not the advisor's money. And a lot of people seem to forget that stuff. And there's a lot of advisors that think it's theirs. Mm -hmm. There's a number of companies that think it's their money, uh, but it's (laughs) not. It's yours, folks. If you're listening, it's yours. If you have a question about something, ask the advisor. If you don't like the the answer, get a second opinion. It's the nature of the beast. It's your money. Um, I guess is the best way I can say this out there. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you would like a second opinion uh, right now on something. Merle would certainly be happy to provide that. As always, as we say, our uh, chat back and forth is just filler for your phone calls because that's what we're about here on Making Financial Sense on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. We'll be back with more with Merle after this on a Saturday morning. Uh, Taking a look outside right now, mostly sunny skies, but we will have some clouds rolling through later today. It should be a great day to to get out and enjoy the uh, U.S. Senior Open down at Century World. First golfers just teeing off for the third round. Everybody's going to be watching at about 12.30, though. That's when Steve Stricker is going to uh, tee off, of course, the local favorite. Uh, Merle Kelch was invited to the U.S. Senior Open on a sponsor's exemption. However, uh, from what I understand, uh, you said you didn't want to blow the field away, so you declined. Is that correct? Well, they were they were going by a, a weight contest, and I think I would have gotten them all. I would have beat Daly as well. So, folks, if you don't know it, I've got a body and a face for radio, and uh, I would just uh, you know I would have just blown them away on a scale exhibit. Yeah, so. well, well, hey, you know that that also means you've got more behind your drive, and uh, well, you're, you're definitely going to be one of the heavy hitters. It's just a matter of does it actually go into the right spot. In, in theory, you're right. In theory, you're right. <laughs> I got a cute story, and folks, I like some of these stories. In, in a sense, I, I tell them because it's a glimpse of in my world. So long ago, my youngest boy, our youngest boy, as my wife calls him, baby, because he's the youngest. Um, uh, we adopted him from Vietnam, so. Uh, and in the middle of that, he was just a young little spritz, maybe about five years old, and he had some sort of a cold or something going on in Cattell. And over there at the time, and this was in 1998, uh, we were there, and you just take your child to the uh, pharmacy. You don't go to the doctor, you go to the pharmacy. They step on the scale. 
Um, they look at what he has symptoms, and they give you the prescription right there. And, of course, he got some antibiotics. Cool way in which they did it. And I can hear some noises going on behind me and some laughing back and forth. And uh, the sponsor who was there with us or the gentleman who came to help us in the hotel, um, I said, what, the, what are they saying? They said, they're guessing your weight. And so it was in kilograms. So I went through and they did the math in my head. I said, what's the over and under? And he started laughing. So they're, they're betting on how much I'd weigh. So I looked around, I stood on the scale, and he went up, and everybody started laughing and screaming, and all the money went back and forth as they were betting on how much I weighed. So that's when I knew I was kind of a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True I, story. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Merle, you know, back, on, back on topic uh, now here again. <laughs> Our chat is just a filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Uh, just because we d- have Merle on the phone doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you. They, we do have a couple of lines right now, so if you have a question for Merle, feel free to give us a call. Uh, what have yeah. you been reading this week as we as we get ready to head into the holiday weekend and what is going to be yeah. kind of a an odd trading week as well with an off day in the middle? There is. It's going to be odd indeed. Um, so, so there's a lot of stuff that's rumbling through everything right now in, in the information, of course. You know, we had an inflation this past week, which, uh, you know, came out at 3.8%. Of course, for the month, was dropping down. Um, I haven't looked at the numbers for the M2 money supply, but I know M1, 2, and yes, there's a third. Um, those are all dropping as they're supposed to, so inflation's getting a little bit better. Um, but the odd part about this that I look at is um, you know, the Federal Reserve comes back and said, okay, we're going to take a pause for June, so we're not going to do anything with interest rates. And as, as we all know, interest rates did not go up for the Federal Reserve for June. And part of that is uh, Chairman Powell and so forth. Uh, the Board of Governors said, well, we're going to see how things are going and we'll make a determination, but we're going to reserve two more increases or hikes towards the latter part of the year. And then as part of the vote, all 12 governors said the same thing. You know what, Mike? The probability of having 12 economists agree on the same thing on everything is pretty much zero. So I was mm-hmm. wondering to myself, in fact, I actually wrote a note down in here and said, was this a head fake, sort of like uh, uh, Chairman Greenspan used to do, you know, like the irrational exuberance. He said that so he didn't have to do anything, but maybe the market would react or slow down. And I was wondering with the drive up in a market so place, was this, you know, Chairman Powell and the Federal Reserve's head fake and saying, well, maybe we'll increase it uh, two more times just to keep the markets from running up so much. So we're seeing a lot of um, words out there saying, is this like the, uh, you know, the, the 90s again where market went up just because it went up rather than going up because of economic data? So we're seeing a lot of rumblings back and forth. In fact, one of my favorite economists actually said, you know, maybe this is the uh, uh, the time to go out because we are going to slow down as interest rates keep going up. And we are going to slow as an economy, and we have been throughout the course of the next year. So that said, the University of Michigan Consumer uh, Confidence Survey, it was up to 64.4. And folks, uh, not that that necessarily matters, but it's the, the highest in four months, which means consumer sentiment is also getting better. So are we getting too excited with the marketplace, or are the numbers starting to uh, support that? And, uh, you know, the, the next couple of weeks as we come along, we're going to tell us that story, um, especially as we see profits from the quarter coming out, you know, next week and the week after. So we'll have to see. Now, another thing that's having a big reaction to the marketplace, and I think made the market jump up this past week, was the student loan uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, Supreme Court. You know, though the, the student loan, and it's must an, much anticipated the Supreme Court was going to say you can't do this. Remember the current administration was trying to give out these student loans, um, and saying because it's a, it was an act of war and there was a war that was out there, that was a reason they could give this money away um, to um, student loan relief. Well, the federal Supreme Court said, eh, no, you can't, it really wasn't an act of war, and 
we're going to give this amount of money away. It's got to go through Congress in the proper channels. But what it does is it saves over 400 to $500 billion that was going to be paid for by you and I as taxpayers. And the market reacted to that. Um, so I think between that and the other things, we saw just a real strong last day to the last week to the last quarter happen on Friday and up 200 and some points. And so and across the board, most things went up. So it was a real good day in the marketplace. But two things, again, to keep in the back of our mind. Um, one, we just saved four to $500 billion uh, from the student loan system. Um, and I know the administration is trying to find a work around, uh, around it. Um, who knows if that happens? We'll see. Um, so the market reacted to that as well as um, uh, you know, reacting to um, consumer sentiment. Um, and is this a, a head fake from the Fed? So we'll see what direction this goes. But so far, I'm hoping that profitability holds up as far as um, corporations go and companies go, and we continue to see the market continue to keep driving forward as long as we don't have too much of a slowdown um, uh, in the economy. Indeed. Uh, keep the ball rolling up the hill, as an old coworker of mine uh, would use, used, to, uh, used to say, because, again, uh, everything uh, generally points in an upward direction, even though you've got those uh, valleys mixed in somewhere there in the middle. So, you know, as, as somebody might be taking a look at their – uh, statements or at their financial accounts uh, for the end of the quarter? Because as you mentioned, we're at the halfway point right now of the year. Uh, what do you read into uh, what you're seeing on those statements right now besides uh, a bunch of numbers that may or may not make sense for uh, the layperson like myself? Well, I, I look at things a little bit differently maybe than others. Of course, if you read all the news that's going on in the marketplace and what's reported I like asking my friends who work in the manufacturing sector, and I love the WASA area of the manufacturing sector. And, and, and here's the reason I say this, is that WASA is a great little microchasm as far as what's going on in the rest of the country. Um, we tend to be more resilient, um, and we tend to have some of the more fundamental businesses. For example, um, if you look at things that you know, recycle things, build things, um, or things that go inside of buildings, whatever, regardless of what the size is. Um, a lot of them are built right in Wausau. We're really known for windows. And, of course, we air movement systems. We're, we're familiar with that. We've got, uh, you know, recycling businesses within town. And, and, and when you look at all these different types of businesses, they can give you a, a, a sense of what's going on with business, commerce, and, and real estate. And so I'd love to have chats with these guys. Um, and, and so with that, uh, all of them said, hey, we're slowing down. Um, but we're still really busy. And how it goes with many of my friends and colleagues in the business is that, you know, um, our business was X um, when we were at, um, uh, before the pandemic, and we were doing really well at X. We still didn't have enough employees, but we were still continuing to make some good money and things were going along just fine. Well, then obviously we had the shutdown. We came back from uh, the shutdown with the pandemic and then we were X plus two, X plus three. Well, what's happened now is we're not X plus two or X plus three. We're either back to X or X one. And is that considered a slowdown? The answer would be yes if you're at X plus two or X plus three, but you're coming down to X or X plus one. But we're still really good and still really profitable. And I think still that's part what many people are missing inside of this economic forecasting from an economist standpoint. Um, you know, many economists are saying we're going to have a recession of slowing down. And well, the answer is yes, but the businesses still there, still making money and making profit. 
And for a number of my friends that are in business, they said, our business has come back to so where we're still really busy, but where we can handle it with the staff that we have. We're not understaffed and everybody you know, working too many hours. So it's an interesting, is it the paradigm I'm saying? You know, business has come mm-hmm. back, but it's come back to a normalcy where it's handle, handleable. Um, and we're seeing that pretty consistently. So I hold out faith at this point. Uh, that we can have an economic slowdown, but we don't fall into a, a, a big recession um, in that whole bit because corporate profits and people are still, still going to work. All the things of a big recession still are not out there. We're not seeing all the massive layoffs. We're not seeing all that sort of stuff happening. Layoffs, sure, we're seeing them happen, but but not like you would expect if we're going to have this big recessionary event as uh, you know, a number of people are, are projecting. I don't see it at this point in time. If we see it, we see it. We'll call it, but uh, at this point in time, just not seeing it yet. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. Give us a call. We'll be happy to connect you with him and uh, chat about it next. But first, uh, we got to look at your local and regional news headlines here on WSAU. We're working our way to a daytime high in the upper 80s today. Not going to be bad at all. Mostly cloudy skies and a light wind throughout the day. Again, as we mentioned earlier, ideal conditions to get outside and uh, check out the U.S. Senior Open down at Century World in Stevens Point. We're also on our way to temperatures near 90 by the time we hit the 4th of July holiday, so very seasonal for this time of year, although we could use uh, some extra extra chances of rain in the forecast as well. Those could always be uh, welcome. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. On the phone with us is Merle Kelch of Kelch & Associates as we are making financial sense on this Saturday morning. As I mentioned earlier, this is the it's the best hour of my broadcast week. This gets me back into doing what I got into radio to do uh, in the first place, and that's live on-air work. And we're always uh, happy to welcome Merle Kelch in. Uh, Merle, uh, the the scary thing is, as I'm somewhat stalling here in in hopes that you've finished the article that you were reading during the break. <laughs> we're ready. Uh, you were reading, and uh, and sometimes when you read, you end up thinking, and that can be uh, uh, a very scary thing. Well, it hurts. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the the amount of uh, brain atrophy I have, I think, at this particular point in time, is 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 amazing how I can function through the day. <laughs> indeed, so, and, indeed. Yeah, so, way, what were you reading? A little bit of a note, by the way. Apple just became the first U.S. company to hit three trillion dollars in market cap. Pretty impressive, actually. Isn't oh, that's it? all three trillion. Yeah, just a little. You know, you think about it in size. That's probably more than, if I had to guess, about uh, two thirds to seventy-five percent of the country's GDPs around the world. That's probably bigger than most of those. Um, just to show how big our companies are in the U.S. So there's an article that's out there by uh, Jeffrey Bartash, and he uh, has a nice little article that sums up what we were talking about before as far as, <clears throat> you know, the economy continues to keep plugging along, even though we have uh, the winds of recession um, at our backs and in our sail. So Jeffrey Bartash has an article uh, out yesterday that says, Consumer spending, the main engine for the U.S. economy, slows due to cheaper gas and fewer car sales. Now, if you read the article on, a, on the front part of it, you think to yourself, well, geez, um, consumer spending is down. Well, no, we're still spending. It's just that gas, um, and it's just that gas and car sales were cheaper, so we were allowed to save some bucks. And so he goes inside of the article and he looks at the um, spending for May, which was um, uh, up uh, just a tepid, as they said, 0.1 percent in May. Um, but with that, if we look at the pace, uh, the U.S. pace of spending 
throughout the course of this year has been at a 4.2% annual pace for the first quarter, the biggest increase in the last two years. So the decline, of course, of oil prices, and I'm reading pieces and parts of this article, folks, um, uh, between cars and oil prices, of course, uh, helped to make it look like we have a dip. But the other part of this is that um, savings are up. In fact, in 22, the average savings rate had fallen to the lowest since 2005, and now we're up in the amount that we're saving. So that with inflation and our wages that are a bit higher, um, rising incomes are uh, um, doing us better because of, you know, of course, inflation, making the prices come down, all that sort of stuff. And so, again, support to my saying that we're slowing down, but we're slowing down to a norm, not the uh, X plus two or X plus three. We're coming back down to an X or an X plus one as far as growth goes. So um, interesting in here. So um, the rising interest rates and persistent inflation haven't done much to dramatically slow the economy this year, which is the same thing that we've seen. In fact, uh, GDP for the first quarter was at about a 2% pace. And in here, they said we could see the second quarter could mimic that type of growth. Um, and we'll know that, of course, throughout the course of the next couple of weeks as the GDP numbers come out. So the, the beautiful part about this is, again, we're slowing, but we're still moving along just fine, just as we said uh, in the past. So, yay. Indeed. That's all I got. Indeed. Thank you. Tip your waitress on the way out. Yeah, go us, I guess. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned a lot of things in there, you know, the, the, the consumer spending, consumer savings rates, things like that. And they're yeah. obviously in your world. Uh, again, I compare it uh, to baseball. I'm a baseball metrics guy. I can understand things like fielding independent pitching, uh, ballpark adjusted ERA, wins above replacement. That one I don't put a whole lot of stock in, but that's just my own personal views. Uh, so there are a lot of ways that the economy gets measured over the course of Absolutely. a year. Uh, and as we mentioned, we just, uh, in fact, last night at midnight, closed the door on the second quarter of the year, which means... Uh, we are halfway through 2023, so we will start seeing some of these numbers come out. Yeah. Is there one of these metrics, you know, be that consumer spending on dur durable goods, spending on gasoline, uh, buying house, buying a car, things like that, that really, you know, we should look at before anything else or one that maybe holds a little more weight than the others? Well, probably one of the biggest measures that's out there is consumer spending. Um, we're a consumer-driven economy. And because we, we buy things. I mean, that's what Americas are no, Americans are known for around the world is we buy stuff. Um, you know, so many places around the world, you buy something, but you hold it on for 20 years. You know, whether it's a good piece of furniture, you buy it and you hold it on for 20 years, maybe even longer, it goes on to the next generation. Americans buy it and they don't like it in three years, they throw it out and get a new one. I mean, we're a consumer-driven society. It's what we do. So that being said, when you see consumer spending drop, you know, the first eyebrow that goes up and says, oh, we've got a problem. But you have to read a little bit deeper into that, and that's where I was going with this, Mike, and everybody. So if we're spending less, where's the money going? And is there a problem? Are we spending the same amount of money, but our credit card debt is going up? And the answer is yes, that is happening. Uh, but at the same time, we see consumer spending come down after having such a great quarter. Um, where's it going? So you initially want to say, okay, if they're not spending the money, where is it going? And the answer is, is it going into savings? The answer is yes, it is. And so from that, you look at it and say, okay, so the consumer spending that went down isn't really having that much of an effect because it's going more into savings. Um, and part of that with the savings with the interest rates up 
you know, CDs are having some great rates right now. Uh, we're seeing post 5% all over the place right now. So with it, it makes it so that uh, we can have some sort of a realization that the consumer spending, though going down, isn't really bad because we know where the money is going to. Just like our households, we have to know where the dollar amounts go. The government doesn't do this part, but I mean, you and I, we mm -hmm. have to make sure that our P's and Q's uh, make sense in our household. We have a certain amount coming in, a certain amount going out, and hopefully there's some extra in the middle of there that we can put away for a rainy day. And so the same thing inside of the economy. The money coming in, of course, is the amount of expenditures that the society is spending. That's all of us in our personal sales and our driving to buy all of our fruits, bananas, food, gas, cars, whatever the case may be, our consumables. Um, and if we're not spending it, where's it going? Do we have a number for that? And the answer is yes, it's in savings, the numbers are there. So we continue to keep plugging forward as we've been talking about all along. But to answer your question, in a nutshell, where are expenditures going? Where are people spending money? Um, that's the, one of the biggest indicators in my mind we have to look at is what is happening with consumer spending. Um, and then, of course, um, layoffs become the other part of that. Yes. Uh, again, that M2 money supply. Mine, uh, you know, you, you, you look at it and it's really good the day after payday, right? But then you have to do the math in your head saying, wait a minute, when's the mortgage payment coming out? When's this well, automatic but, payment coming out of the house? And then um, things start to get a little depressing, right? That's, that's right. So I, I just thought about this. And so M2 money supplies in the economy um, in your household is the Mike 2 money supply. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Indeed, it is. It's the money that goes to me because the M1 money supply is the, actually the N1 money supply, and that's the money that goes to Napoli, my cat. Yeah. Boom. We just solved it. We just solved economics right here. Well, well we got it. Yeah, well, that was a piece of cake. You know? <laughs> Indeed. 715-845-2155 yeah. is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. Uh, we'd be happy to get you on the air again just because Merle's on the phone uh, doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you. We most certainly do. So go ahead and give us a call and we will get you connected. Uh, Merle, one more thing before we let you go. As we mentioned uh, earlier with the student loan uh, situation coming up, uh, payments are expected to resume. I believe it is at the end of August. Is that correct? Um, I uh, resume, but it looks like payments are going to start September 1, Okay, uh, it appears. Um, everybody's got to get a notice and how much you're going to pay, where do you mm -hmm. have to pay, that kind of stuff. So Indeed. Uh, um, so, yeah, what's, so what surprised. is the advice uh, to, you know, somebody that this is impacting? Because obviously, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of fallen into the habit over the last three years of this isn't on the books right now. And now, all of a sudden, you've got to change that up in your mind. And as we've uh, mentioned, to yeah, do yeah. some rebudgeting, right? Well, you know, you hit upon something, and I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but I know I had a conversation with a couple of my colleagues about this, is there's a, there's a rumbling that's going through there. And, folks, I can't cite the articles, but they are out there if you want to do a search. And so, um, But there's a search out there saying, uh, could student loans slow down the economy when we have to start paying this stuff back? And, and stuff like that pops into my head because I'm a weirdo, and, it, and I could find a, a place that I think this could be accurate. It, we'll see, and here's the reason for that: is let's say now um, you have uh, you bought a couple of uh, widget toys, and so they're widget toys that go on water or snowmobiles or motorcycles, something like that. And you're paying three or four hundred dollars a month for one of these, and all of a sudden you look around and say, "Oh, hold it here! Um, what? I have to pay my student loans back now?" 
and now all of a sudden you're paying student loans back of two or three or four hundred dollars a month. And you have to start paying that back, and you look at it and say, well, um, hold it. Now maybe I can't afford that toy, or that widget machine, or the thing I loved, and, and that type of thing. And so, um, how's this going to work out? You know, so all those things might come in. And so the conversation is then, because we have to start paying this stuff back, is it going to become an issue? And it's interesting enough, we'll have to see what happens over the course of the next quarter. Again, this comes back to consumer spending. Is the consumer going to be spending? Or are they going to start selling some stuff off? Mm-hmm. Indeed. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. This is Mike. And Morning, uh, Mike. Good morning, Merle. My question is, could you explain what the difference between a flat tax and a national sales tax might be? And if we do have something like a national sales tax, how then is money that has already been taxed, like a Roth IRA, going to go and be treated in some sort of system? Uh, I basically haven't heard any sort of uh, operating system how this would go and be done. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about some of the taxable programs and how those would work. We'd probably have to find that out as we come along. Um, I love the idea of a flat tax or a national sales tax. I think they're both um, brilliant ideas. One, both, or some combination of them. Um, but I don't think it's going to end up happening, Mike. And the reason is that people would actually see how much tax they're paying, and I think that would tick a lot of people off. Um, you know, frankly, people would look at what they'd have to pay. <clears throat> For the, the flat tax or the national sales tax, we go to the national sales tax. There's a lot of estimates that are out there. But the estimate is to keep the same amount of money coming into the country as is happening right now, they'd have to almost go as, as much as 19 to 21%, I'm saying, from a national sales tax. And can you imagine what would happen when you go to buy your, your groceries or um, your consumables, whatever it might be, if you have a 20% tax on top of the state tax? People would look at that and have a heart attack. Um, but that's the amount that it would take for us to have that same amount of money or income coming in. Now, the part I like about that is we can control our tax by what we buy, you know, so that part of it would work out pretty nicely. Um, but it's, it's, it'll be interesting. The flat tax I love, everybody pays a certain percentage um, of tax regardless of who you are. Um, I, I really like that idea, but, you know, that one is never going to go through because politicians want votes. Um, and they're going to try to make it so they can have the least amount of votes, and so it'll be have a flat tax if your income is this or higher. And then, of course, that's always going to get um, changed or something of that nature um, going forward. So I don't know that they're going to happen, but I love the idea of both. So to get the flat tax, of course, certainly if we have a flat tax or if we have a national sales tax, uh, the ability to put money inside of an IRA or something of that nature um, uh, may be different because, of course, it's all income-based versus a flat tax. And so somebody has to figure that out along the way if we get to that flat tax or national sales tax. Okay. Thank you very much, Merle. I hope that helped, Mike. Thank you for your call. All right. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We will get back to more of your phone calls next. But first, here's Chris Conley with this day on WSAU. 50 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. As we wrap up another edition of Making Financial Sense, but we do still have time for one more phone call. So we'll go ahead and squeeze that in. Uh, good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense. Who are we talking to today? Good morning. You're talking to Tom. Morning, Tom. How are you? Good, good. Good. So um, um, 
I inherited a traditional IRA, and as I'm doing the paperwork, I see they've given me some options as to how to take the money. I'm one of the beneficiaries on it, and I'm um, I'm concerned about the tax um, the tax responsibility I have if I take it in a lump sum or over 10 years. Could you could you give me an idea what's the best way to to handle this? Right, right. Well, so one of the questions I was going to have, and you had uh, told us here just before we came on, which was, uh, where did the money come from? So uh, it's, a, it's a difference in if the money came, of course, from a spouse versus uh, if it came from another person. And right. so the money came from mom, and so you get to pay, you get the privilege of paying mom's taxes. Is that nice of you? It is. It is. <laughs> okay. So in here now, um, uh, the question becomes is, what's the approximate uh, value of one-third? About $7,000. Okay, about seven thousand um, dollars. Here, here would be my opinion. With seven thousand dollars, depending upon your tax brackets, if we take it all out, you're going to have to include it as taxes now. But you can have the taxes withheld. Um, I would take it in singles and go have a heck of a weekend. <laughs> all right. So here's what I look at. You know, if we're looking at seven hundred thousand dollars, different animal. Now we want to do some things to say, can we get some of this converted into Roth IRAs and that type of stuff? So since it's an IRA, you're going to have to pay the taxes. Whether you split it between one year or two years, I would just simply have the taxes withheld. Because um, if you do a 3500 this year or do 3500 next year, it's probably not going to change your tax bracket all that much, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd just simply have the taxes withheld and simply take the money. Okay. Um, uh, that's how I would look at it at this point in time. So you have up to 10 years to spread that money out. Uh, Correct. Which you could certainly do. Um, but at $7,000, I'd probably just take the money and just, just pay the taxes and, and uh, do something differently with it. Now, what I would like to look at is, is what would mom want you to do with the money? And maybe that's the thing to look at. Right. Okay. All right. You answered my question. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Tom. And uh, I'm thinking $7,000. It sounds like a hunting trip out west or Disney, one of the two. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Merle. Absolutely. Again, seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. And uh, there's a couple there. In uh, on top of just you know what to do with the money, uh, you know Merle, there's a couple of other questions in there that you can ask yourself. And I'm guessing this is kind of a situation where it's good to have uh, yourself and then somebody like your buddy or a good friend of the show, Alan Helgum, on the line as well, because. Uh, the two of you can work together like that to figure out what is the the best way to handle uh, money like this that you've come mm-hmm. into. There's there's never two ways that are ever the same. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that write articles on these various subjects, and they always they tend to, to say it's, it's, it's you'll have to write, and that's it. But but the reality is is that it's different for everybody. You know. Um, for example, Tom was telling us, folks, and, and uh, Tom said this is being split three ways. So I'm guessing it's going to go between three siblings. So if Tom takes all the money today, um, he's you know he might be okay, but maybe his sibling takes all the money today and jumps him into the next tax bracket, um, um, or they have some other things going on. So it's going to be different for just the three of them um, uh, with mom stuff, you know. So it's, it's different for everybody, and that's where I always have to defer and say, you know, seek a financial professional, start asking some questions on them and how it's going to affect you because there's no cut-and-dried way in which to do so. One of the biggest things that I find in here, and i got to watch my time because I can get long-winded on this next section, but, you know, Roth IRAs, for example, people always have the question saying, well, should I start doing some conversions from my IRAs to my Roth IRAs? Is that going to be a good idea for me? 
Um, and I can say for Bill, the answer is yes, but for Mary, the answer is no, and for Larry, the answer is going to be, uh, well, uh, maybe a little bit. all depends upon their own personal uh, circumstances. And so with it, you have to simply look at it and say, well, um, where am I, um, uh, and, and how is it going to work for me, and it might be different for your neighbor or your next-door neighbor. So the difficulty comes in if you ask your friends around the dinner table and say, well, what are you doing? And they say, well, I'm doing this, and you want to do it, and your advisor says, don't do it, you know. So it's, it's always different for everybody. You have to look at what's best for you as the individual. Yeah, and then I'm sure there's even another layer to it. If, if for instance, somebody says, okay, I maybe don't want to pocket all the money directly. I want to donate some of it to charity. There could even be uh, a few other wrinkles in there as well as to just mm-hmm. exactly what happens yeah, with the yeah. money, which is why, again, it's important uh, to have somebody like yourself and somebody like Alan on the line as well uh, so you do indeed know how all of these will affect not only your financial situation, but your tax situation and maybe even oh, sure. some legal situations as it, well. It all comes to it. You know, I, I think, uh, now I'm probably biased because this is the industry that I'm in, but I think um, a good estate planning attorney, accountant, and financial professional are some of the best people you can have your team as you get ready to go and go through retirement because even though you step off the bus and say, I'm retired, uh, that money still has to continue to keep moving on for many years to come to make sure you have the ability to remain retired. Um, nobody wants to go back to work if they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unless you're somebody uh, who's weird like myself and Merle, who says, you know, I could imagine myself retiring from this, but I don't ever imagine myself being completely away from it, still doing it oh, a yeah. couple hours a day if I want to. Yep. Um, I'll probably be doing this, and we'll probably be sitting here talking. Uh, 20 years from now, I'll probably still be doing this. Now, hey, I plan on being here as well, so we'll we'll just uh, we'll just mark that down. Yeah, Merle, you'll watch uh, me go really old together, and I'll just watch you go gray. <laughs> <laughs> Merle, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that at your office here on uh, Bridge Street in Wausau? Folks, uh, you can always stop by and kick the tires on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop on in and have a cup of coffee. Uh, though I have to admit, we will be open this next week, but there's not going to be anybody in the office. Uh, uh, but you have the ability to call us locally. 715-849-3600. We have all that worked out. Or you can certainly find us online at kelchinassociates.com and outside of the Wasa area at 866-355-5100. Again, he's Merle Kelch as we have been making financial sense on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Before we go, I 